When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up? Welcome into the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. What's up, Bears fans? A lot to talk about here in the next hour as the roster decisions are finalized, at least for now, the initial 53-man roster being set, and we are going to break it all down for you over the next hour. What's going on? I'm Adam Hogue alongside Nicholas Morniano and Will DeWitt. But boys, before we get to the roster, even bigger news for CHGO and all our fans and listeners, we have our second football shirt ready to go for you to show you right now. And there it is. If you're watching on YouTube, this is just launched at allchgo.com in the CHGO locker. And it looks pretty damn good. Sick. The like button should be smashed right now. I, I cannot wait. Yeah. Uh, it's in the, the YouTube description. So you can go check that out for the link to the shirt. But fire. The first thing that came to my mind when I saw it, just fire emoji, fire emoji. I see it right there from Nick. Fire emoji in the comments there. Sick shirt <laughs> is right. There we go. I already have it in my cart. I'll probably slowly be purchasing it throughout the episode. I know we're kind of watching, you know, Twitter and everything to see what other cuts come through now that we're officially past the deadline. But yeah, before this show is over, that is going to be purchased and on my way. Yeah. People are liking it already. We love to see it. So make sure you're hitting that like button down there. And as Nick said, the link directly to the shirt to buy it is down there too. So you can click on that. It'll take you right there. And if you're listening later on to the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, just make sure you go to allchgo.com and check out our social channels. We'll have it all up there for you as well at chgo underscore bears underscore sports, all the places that normally is for you. All right. Guys, uh, it's been an interesting day already with the cuts starting to leak in and a final roster coming in as well. I'm trying to check my uh, Twitter and email to see if it has actually been pushed or not. Um, yep, looks like it has. So we're going to break it all down for you guys. Let me just start with this before we go position by position. Your uh, biggest surprise, because as we were just talking before we went live, we were off in a few places, I think. Mostly defense, but we did struggle a bit on the back end of this roster. Nick, how do you feel? I I was a little not like embarrassed because it's hard to have a fully accurate 53 man because they're not in the building, but it kind of sucks seeing like some of the very first cuts being guys that I had on the 53 this morning. I was like, Coley's like, damn it. And then from there at the gates too, I was like, son of a gun. So I was a little perturbed, I guess, but I guess nothing really surprises me, I guess, to like a like to a high degree. Well, I think seeing Thomas Graham Jr. on that list, someone that I thought the Bears would, you know, I think they still like, but the injury, the hamstring injury, we just didn't get a chance to see him, obviously, in training camp or in preseason action. So that one really stunk. But Mario Edwards, like, we talked about it, Will, so much that he's somebody that, hey, we could, he's, he's a likely cut, but we still ended up putting him on our initial 53. But had we talked about it maybe beforehand, before he made the list, Probably would have been right on that one, but there were some where we were close on, but in the end, he didn't make it. Just initially, it was a lot of defensive linemen. So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, this is uh, an interesting, uh, as the news is coming out, a lot of in- uh, defensive linemen were getting waived first. But honestly, when you look at the whole list, it, it's not too surprising. But I think Thomas Graham Jr., 
Michael Schofield are at the top of mind for the surprises. Yeah, I'm just looking at like the list of cuts for right now. Schofield was the one on offense that you know you and I both missed on, and the other one uh, is James O'Shaughnessy ha- has been released with a uh, a non uh, what is it a non football illness designation. So he was someone that we had under 53, assuming they would have kept you know three tight ends, the two veterans behind Cole Komet, but he's no longer uh, on the team. But outside of that, we got the receivers right. They did keep all those running backs. It looks like as I'm so that's. At least I feel better about the offense and how it shaked out compared to the defense. Am I reading this right that Zach Thomas made the team? Yes. I don't see him on the list of players cut. Yeah. On the offensive line. So it looks like it looks like Jatire Carter and Zach Zachary Thomas, the two draft picks on the offensive line. I mean, they're not listed here. No, they're not. And I mean, you're you're going really heavy on the interior offensive linemen, um, obviously, for the initial 53. That's interesting, but did not expect. Uh, would, that, would that make the entire draft class right to to make it? Or am I missing or? Yeah, let me see real quick. Let me go I think you're list. right, because I don't see um, I don't see Elijah Hicks. Which the whole draft he, class. He made it. I've, uh well, uh, Doug Kramer technically is on IR, but still, ah, that's right, still on the team. So, hey, look. By the way, we should, you know, as you're probably seeing a lot of us on Twitter or wherever you're watching stuff, it, this is going to be fluid. It is going to change within mm-hmm. the next 24 hours. Moves are going to be made. I uh, can tell you one right off the bat, as we suspected, um, Nikhil Harry made the 53-man roster, and he will most likely be going to IR because they're even if he was ready to play in a couple weeks. The guy's hardly played, probably still doesn't know the offense. So that's an, an obvious choice to move to IR. That's going to open up a roster spot. And perhaps you could see, you know, uh, a, a veteran even come back. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, does, does like Michael Schofield come back? You know, somebody like that. Any of these players who technically been waived, if they, uh, well, the ones that have been waived obviously have to go on waivers, but the players who have just been, the veterans who have been had their contracts terminated, they could still come back on their own volition. So um, that's where these things get tricky and uh, interesting, but that's, that's a, just one, one example of something to keep in mind. Cause I think you're going to see multiple changes here uh, to the 53 man roster in the next coming days. For sure. Nick is uh, Jake Tonjes. Is that how you say his last name? Or I always struggle with that one. But, just yet. Yeah, he looks like he made the team. I don't see him listed. And I know we talked about the two true tight ends, but he's like that versatile fullback slash tight end guy that we saw throughout camp and in the preseason. So he's on the team. Uh, and I just want to say, hey, look, Dante Pettis is there. Tajay Sharp has made the team too. So a few of those receivers that were really battling it out towards the stretch, I think, they, well, obviously they did enough. And I'm so happy to see Dante Pettis here. He was someone I've been talking about all offseason had that good game against the Browns, and it was enough, uh, which I was still weary that it may not have been, but it looks like it was. Yeah, I think with the wide receiver position, too, it kind of just fits what the Bears want to do. A lot of guys are going to get the ball at any given point in lineup in, you know, multiple areas uh, when they go, you know, in any given play. So you need guys, you need bodies there. And a lot throughout training camp and these preseason games, these guys have been lining up with the first team. A lot, obviously, everyone that made it. So you just need a bunch of people at the position, and that's what the Bears kind of went with uh, quantity, right? Quantity at the position to kind of help out Justin Fields. So Tajay Sharp and Dante Pettis rounding out the back end of that, but uh, just giving more weapons for Justin Fields to use throughout the season. Initially right now, we'll see if that changes um, even tomorrow. So I saw that Tavon Young was placed on uh, injured reserve now. So that means he's out for the entire season, correct? That's, like people That's right. Him. Yeah, because unlike in the kill Harry's case, they keep him on the 53. If you go on IR before this deadline at 3 o'clock that just passed, you're out for the year. So uh, that's a big one. I mean, if we'd gone into camp, guys, saying that Tavon Young would go on IR and Thomas Graham Jr. would also not be a part of the initial 53 man roster. I have a feeling he gets back on the practice squad, but um, that's, that would have been surprising the way we talked about that nickel position in the off season. Yeah. If you would have told me Duke Shelley made the team yet again, 
a few months ago, I would have been like, no way. But I think if you told me that a week ago, I would have said no way. <laughs> That's valid. <laughs> That's it surprising. Looks like, uh, Lamar Jackson, you guys, right? If I'm yep. reading that right, he would be, yeah, one of the guys. He He's someone that throughout, what, this training camp, he's been with the ones because, you know, guys have been injured. You know, made the most of his opportunities uh, enough for this coaching staff to keep him on the initial 53. But I know, Will, you and I, like, you had him on your initial one. And then Greg Stroman's game against the Browns, we thought he would be a guy that did enough to make the roster. But obviously that that wasn't the case. And the Bears go with uh, Lamar Jackson um, to kind of round out the DB room. I think that shows you that preseason performances may not have as much weight as just collective practices that you see throughout camp. And we're not even as like the practices that we're able to go see. That's not all of them. There are more there too. So mm -hmm. they just have a lot more film on the guy. And even though, like you said, Stroman balled out on Saturday and Jackson kind of struggled, it wasn't enough to kind of flip flop him here. Although we thought maybe it was, but I guess my takeaway from that, it's like I said, just maybe those preseason performances don't carry as much weight as I thought actually just like an hour ago. Yeah, I, I think it, that sometimes depends, um, you know, because I would argue that when you look at what happened with Michael Schofield, who struggled in kind of his bright, shiny moment, the first preseason game, and then Tevin Jenkins comes back and plays really well in games two and three, I think that is a position where it mattered. I'm sure the practices matter too, but I think it's sort of, it's just like a case-by-case -case thing. And also the stuff that we don't ever get to see, which is what's happening in those meeting rooms. How are these guys up to speed on the defense, on the offense? How much do these coaches trust them? It's a huge word in football, but trust. How much do they trust them to go out and execute when the game matters uh, against the 49ers in week one? Yeah, no, good point there. Um, and Iberflus has been saying that, and even the, some of the post-game pressers after these preseason games, it's collectively when we look back at what you're seeing on the field, is representative of what we see in the practices each and every day. And so he always has gone back to what these players have done in practice. And obviously, like, yeah, we mentioned some of these guys have had good games. They're not on the roster. So it's like what's happening behind the scenes, what's been consistently happening since the start of June up until this point that has given this coaching staff trust in the players that have made it. That That's kind of what they've been looking at, obviously, with uh, the initial 53 now set in stone. All right, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start going kind of position by position, uh, talking through what we're seeing here, and we're going to focus on the ones that we've been really focused on a, a lot in some of these roster battles uh, up until this point. Let's start with the offensive line because this is what it has uh, at least looks like as of this moment. Right now, again, things could change. Uh, and, of course, we're doing this all on the fly, but I'm pretty sure this is accurate. This is what we are projecting as the starters right now. I feel like... Uh, um, like somebody on a on a uh, election night here. We are CHO <laughs> is projecting that Tevin Jenkins is the right guard. He has won the battle. Uh, no, so it's it looks like it'll be Braxton Jones, Cody Whitehair. I'm still gonna put Lucas Patrick in there as the center because that's the plan. We'll see if he's really ready to go by week one, but uh, certainly long term that is still the plan with Tevin Jenkins at right guard, despite. Trade rumors that seem to pre be persisting for some reason. Um, Larry Borum at right tackle. And then it looks like, if I have the numbers correctly, looking at who made it, and at least on this initial 53, it looks like they have nine O-linemen uh, with with a combination of Sam Mustafer, Zachary Thomas, Jatire Carter on the interior, and rolling with Riley Reef right now as the swing tackle. Well, the only tackle. That's, I mean, I think that's kind of interesting, you guys. Obviously, we, we see Mustfer, Reef, and Thomas as those interior guys, but um, or Reef being the, the only tackle amongst those guys. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, I would be surprised if the Bears only have one tackle as a backup going into this season, just because you have the swing tackle position. But if, God forbid, somebody were to go down, you you only have one guy that technically right now, not unless. You know, obviously, Tevin Jenkins has some experience as tackle, but he's, he's the right guard. He's been showing that. So that's uh, I, I would expect there to be more tackles maybe added at some point, just uh, as it as it stands right now. That's a really good point. It is a little thin at tackle. 
to me, it shows, again, this is initial, it's fluid. Uh, those are the caveats. But maybe they're confident that those are there are some players like Tevin Jenkins that has that versatility that can step in and help in the game. If, for God forbid, two tackles went down in a single game. Obviously, that's like a worst-case emergency scenario as it is, and you can bring guys up from the practice squad and elevate them the following week if needed. But, yeah, I, I think both of our 53s had at least two tackles uh, on this behind the starters, right? Yeah, I think it, it again, it just made sense in our eyes to kind of have that luxury uh, just in case. And so that's why we did add uh, some tackles there. I see uh, Alex Leatherwood, anybody? And yeah. Then, uh, I, yeah. Well, but, that's what I was going to bring up, Nick, is is there's there's some guys out there that I wonder if the Bears kick, kick their tires on. Now, Alex Leatherwood's an, a name that um, – Look, if the Bears or whoever goes after Alex Leatherwood, that'll go back to the scouting that was done a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a little bit, of course, what, what they he did start 17 games last year for the Raiders. But, um, you know, perhaps if a Ryan Poles, and this is per, purely speculation because the guy might not like him at all based on what his evaluation was coming out of Alabama. I, I, I think if we go back to what he did at Alabama, though, It'd be hard not to like him. I think people just thought he was overdrafted in the first round Mm -hmm. more so than anything. So assuming that uh, Alex Leatherwood clears waivers because, and you got to think he will because with the money attached to that contract, if you claim him, you have to assume the contract. If he clears waivers, uh, then the Raiders pay for all of that money and you could sign him to a cheaper deal. Um, and save a lot of money. And then at that point, maybe it's it's worth taking a flyer on the guy uh, at a much lower price. But I have to imagine there's some other things going on there um, for them to cut ties with him so quickly. New regime just being like, nah, we're good. That was, uh, that was a quick trigger. There's got to be more to that story than just whatever the play is on the field. Yeah, and he's only 23 years old, too. I mean, he's still such a young player, and I don't know, maybe – it just didn't work out initially. Right. And obviously he did have those starts, but like a lot of players that maybe go to new teams, a fresh start is what he needs. So that could be a possibility, but yeah, 23 years old, Alex Leatherwood, obviously overdrafted now that he's being released now. So that is um, maybe a name to keep, keep an eye on. I guess the only thing I want to add here with the line before we move on to some other positions, is just the fact that the whole Tevin Jenkins experiment slash debacle slash situation. I, I'm glad it worked out. Like we were, we're in slight panic mode just a few weeks ago. And for things to kind of calm down, like they did us, of course, we're projecting uh, that he is the starting right guard for this team. Uh, complete 180 compared to where we were just, uh, you know, 14 days ago is uh I think it's a good sign about the coaching staff and their ability to work with these players and Tevin possibly buying into, and we've seen really good things out of him in a game. And if he buys in the right guard, like we've seen in a regular season action, I, I think the bears may have found the best case scenario for Tevin instead of having him at right tackle or left tackle. And then maybe he'd struggle a bit. Like maybe they are putting him in a best position to succeed. And of course that has ramifications losing Michael Schofield. But at the end of the day, you'd rather bank on your young guy Jenkins than have to like lean on a veteran like Schofield here. Look guys, I, I mean, since I was out of town over the weekend, I still haven't really got a chance to, to give my thoughts on the, on the preseason finale, which I'll save towards the end of the show as we continue to break down the roster. But one of the things I just wanted to say about Jenkins was like, doesn't he just look like a natural it just, he just, yes. it, like for, for, for that to click so quickly to throw him at right guard on a Monday, play him there on a Thursday. And then a week later you play him again. And so it's basically two weeks of work at a new position. And it just looked way more natural to me than it ever did at tackle when in the limited times he played last year or even in camp this year before he moved. Um, granted, it's only fair to point out the tape from last year. He's not in the best shape because of the back injury and all that stuff going on, but it just seemed like something clicked. He's playing nastier, physical, just comfortable is the word I would use with him at right guard the last couple of weeks. And um, it's really, I have to say in all the years I've covered this team, it's one of the more remarkable in camp turnarounds that I've ever witnessed. I, I, I don't even know that I could come up with another one that, that really, really fits the same bill. It's, it's, it's all the credit to seven Jenkins. It's been incredible. Yeah. And he's, he's obviously dealt with a lot, all the rumors, the speculation, working with trainers, 
getting thrown into a new position. And like you said, Adam, Adam, just handling it like a pro. That's what all of his teammates, his coaches have said. He's handled it like a pro and he's just making the most of his opportunity. So credit to him for being able to learn this new position and then just being physical. And that's like his best strength outside of his smarts that his coaches and uh, teammates have talked about. But being physical at the position, we see the effort he's putting on some of these plays too, running downfield after being on the ground and, you know, helping out his teammates. That's that's what you want to see. That makes an impression on the coaching staff. And that's why really Tevin Jenkins is a starting right guard. So I know there was just yesterday too. I think it was what Ian Rappaport still talking about trade. Like he's still potentially in trade speculation. I don't buy that because there's nobody else that can really slide into that right guard position. You feel any better at, at right now. It's Tevin Jenkins. I I agree. I think, I think you got to roll with it. You got to ride the hot hand here and until he, mm -hmm. until he proves you otherwise. Uh, all right, we'll get to the wide receivers here in a second, but first want to tell you the points bet sports book is counting down the days until the football season with a new offer every day until the season kicks off from now until September 8th points bet power hour will unlock a new daily offer from 12 to 1 PM central sign up for points bet. Now using code CHGO to also get risk-free bets up to $2,000 and don't miss out on your chance to get daily access to free bets, boosted odds, and so much more now through September 8th. But of course that's not it because if you make a $51, dollar or more first time deposit you'll receive a free chgo membership which unlocks all of our web content you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the chgo locker which officially now includes that one on your screen <laughs> the qb1 shirt we just released now's a great time to do it because that could be the free shirt you get download the points bet app today use code chgo to take advantage of this limited time offer. Don't just bet, live your bet life with points bet. If you're someone, you know, has a gambling problem or wants help call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. All right, Chicago sports fans. If you aren't a member of our CHGO family, what are you waiting for? Members will have access to all of our premium content from all of our great writers. You also get a free shirt of your choice when you become a member. And this is the perfect time because if you're watching this podcast right now, that awesome shirt down there could be yours if you become a member today. Um, you also get access to our members-only Discord, the CHGO Lounge. And, of course, we have podcasts and live shows on every team every single day. And right, right now, we're going at 3 o'clock. You want to be notified, put that notification on so you get updated whenever any of our shows go live. So come join this amazing family that is constantly growing here at CHGO. All right, let's talk about the wide receivers now because this has been uh, the the group that we've maybe debated the most, talked about the most. It's been wild. It's been up and down. We've had my power rankings every week in the uh, the Bears Things newsletter, and it ended up kind of cutting off sort of where I thought it would the whole time when it was all said and done. So uh, as it stands right now, the Bears keep seven, but we're expecting Nikhil Harry to go on IR tomorrow, so likely down to six. Um, you had to draw the line somewhere, guys. I think the but there's still two notable cuts, though, because Isaiah Coulter, I thought, was relatively consistent. And of all these guys who, you know, you could slam a little bit for not being available, Byron Pringle, Valus Jones Jr., even Dante Pettis at times, Tajay Sharp got hurt, Nikhil Harry, of course, with his injury. Coulter was out there balling, okay? He was available, uh, Simba Webster, same thing. Zero NFL catches in his career, though, but a special teams guy that I think some people thought would make it because of that. Uh, I wasn't so sure just because I don't know how many of these guys you can end up keeping at the end of the day, but uh, any surprises here for you? Not on my end. It's exactly how I had it shaped out yesterday, and even going back to my player preview series, I had Sharp making the team, Pettis making the team. Uh, both have a lot of high upside and have shown really good uh I guess they had good seasons a few years ago, each Pettis with the 49ers and Sharp with the Titans. And I was just hoping that the Bears would be able to like work with them. And if they can tap into that potential and even get 80% of their best seasons, like the Bears would be in really good shape. I love Pettis' route running ability coming out of college. He's looking at to be like a high upside wide receiver too in this league. I think he still has that talent. It's just the question about his durability. And then Tajay Sharp, uh, not a surprise. I thought he did enough to show us that he deserves to be on this team. I think we got a good indication of what the team thought about Dante Pettis right after 
uh, the preseason win over the Browns. Uh, Justin Fields said he's one of our best route runners. Uh, Darnell Mooney spoke yesterday to the media. He's like, he loves him. Absolutely loves Dante Pettis. He watches his tape on his iPad, just seeing how he runs routes. Luke Getzey talked about his route running. So I think the you know he was trending in the right direction. So I know we were just talking about preseason games and how much weight you should put towards them. For Dante Pettis, I think you you put a little bit more weight on how he played, how he's able to create separation and just be available for Justin Fields because I think that you know seeing that game and how he meshed with Fields, you know he's on the fifty three for a reason. That could be you know why he ultimately made this fifty three. But it seems like. Uh, Fields, his teammates, and his coaches really like him. So when you look collectively at the group, I think they kept the best wide receivers on the team. I'm looking to see how how they factor into the special teams value too. Because when you're at the back end, you got to be able to contribute somewhere. Obviously, Valus will do that. Pettis can do that as a punt returner. Tajay Sharp, I know, Will, we've talked about it. Is he going to provide any special teams value? And I guess we'll have to wait and see, but... Seems like the guys that they have are the best group of wide receivers for this team as it stands today. Well, it does yeah. help. They kept so many inside linebackers like Caleb Johnson, Jack Sanborn to help out on special teams, the two fullbacks too. So you can live with it. Uh, the question I had for both of you, actually, it was like, do you think Justin had any input on who made the final roster? Like any at all? Or at least at least check with him. Like, who do you like? Who are you working with? Like, who are you clicking with? Well, I don't think it's so much in the process of like, hey, let's get him in the room as we're making these decisions as much as just checking in with him. Probably more so the coaching staff in meetings. Um, whether you ask him directly or not, the quarterback coach is somebody who's going to understand throughout the course of training camp and um, the preseason who Justin Fields trusts and likes. And then I think you take that information to the front office when they ask you. And I'm sure that those meetings are all had in the – days since Saturday when they played um, and then you make the decisions based on that so it might not necessarily be like hey directly Ryan Poles picking up the phone Justin a who should we cut here as much as it's just like the information trickling <laughs> down to the front office so it I mean it's a long way of answering yes I think Justin Fields has input and should have input makes sense to me I just want to with you Adam you've been closer to the team than Nick and I over the years and just getting some of that input for me personally I appreciate it well, I just I, I and and I think that sometimes you wondered in the past, like, mm-hmm. you know, something like that to me is just like common sense. And I don't know if maybe not that specific example, some other things like that, where it's a valid question you ask, Will. And sometimes we like wouldn't know, like, I don't know. Are they are they doing something that seems to make sense? But as we've talked about so much here they are doing a lot of things that make sense with this regime. I think that's been a common theme of this summer and uh, now going into the preseason. Um, and, and I wanted to say just another observation I saw on the tape from catching up on the, uh, the, the game on Saturday. Dante Pettis was a guy who I liked as a pickup and I thought made sense for somebody on this team getting another opportunity who had made plays in this league had a little extra wiggle you saw some of that in OTAs like he would flash almost every couple practices like once and it just I was like man this just doesn't seem like enough to me and then he wasn't always available in the preseason but damn when you see him run that corner Mm -hmm. that corner route for the touchdown like to me that, that that falls in the category of the five to 10 reps of the entire preseason that really stand out and mean something. Cause you're just watching that and you go, I don't know other than Darnell Mooney. There's another guy on this team that would have run that route so well. I mean, it was a nasty route and it's exactly what the bears need. So yeah, put him on the roster. And the one thing yeah, we haven't he- even got to see out of him is his yards after the catchability. His rookie year, he was uh, the top of his entire class with like 7.8 yards after the catch. Uh, so he's still someone who could be dangerous with the football in his hands uh, in addition to that too. So yeah, Dante Pettis, I'm excited to see his role in there. Nick, I know you had something to say. No, I mean, just keep playmakers around Justin Fields. That's exactly. what it should ultimately come down to, right? Like if you're looking, oh, weighing one position over the other, it still comes down What's what's best for this team. Uh, Justin Fields having success. How is he going to do that? Give him guys to throw to. And clearly Dante Pettis showed that he can create separation. And that's what this, this offense needs, this team needs to have success as a collective unit. 
All right, so there's your uh, your wide receiver situation, and I do expect uh, some changes there. There's one name I'll bring up a little bit later in the show that I think the Bears should seriously look at on the waiver wire too. So um, still could be some moves there. Let's talk about, well, hell, how about the the quarterback position? Um, not necessarily surprised, but just as we go position by position, Justin Fields is obviously uh, the starting quarterback. Trevor Simeon, the backup, they did let go of Nathan Peterman, though. The expectation is he could be back on the practice squad. I want to bring up something, though, with the quarterbacks. doesn't necessarily have to be Kellen Mond, per se. But I will say this. Something that bothered me about the last regime was their lack of uh, willingness, really, to try to develop a quarterback on the practice squad. The, the third guy was always uh, Tyler Bray. And it was like, just like an extra quarterback coach on the team, it was never, hey, why don't we take a flyer on a guy who hasn't worked out somewhere else or is just an undrafted rookie and keep him around and see what happens. And I understand that nine times out of 10, that's probably not even going to go anywhere. But you have 16 practice squad spots. It's the most important position in sports. You can't keep one guy to try to develop and who knows where that would have went. It was like they were so afraid that having another young quarterback on the roster would would affect Mitch Trubisky's psyche or something that they wouldn't do it. So I'll say this. like At this point, raise my hand, have been clearly wrong about Kellen Mond, who I liked coming out. I mean, I forget where I had him, fifth or sixth in the class, seventh maybe, somewhere in there. But I had a second-round grade on him, and it's been it's just been bad in Minnesota, quite frankly. It's it's not been good. So it doesn't necessarily have to be him. But my own personal take, if it had to be between Nathan Peterman or a younger guy cut, cut somewhere else to take a flyer on, I would put a younger guy on there. And why not have four quarterbacks? Why not have Nathan Peterman and another younger guy? You Again, you have so many spots on that practice squad. You don't need them all for practicing. Quarterback should be an exception. I, I like that, Adam. I think we've, we haven't seen it from the bears in terms of like you were just saying, having that developmental guy. I, I also like Kellen Mond. He was high in my ranks. Like if the bears had no shot at getting Justin Fields, I remember while we were doing our homework, I'm like, Hey, Kellen Mond's a guy that I wouldn't mind them taking at some point in the draft. And you know, it didn't work out in Minnesota. Doesn't mean it's not going to work out for him somewhere else, but it, it would be very interesting. And I feel like there's mixed feelings, even in the chat right now, like no Kellen Mond. Oh, a developmental guy going both ways. But, it would make sense to have somebody on there, just a young guy. It makes it more intriguing than like Nathan Peterman, to be completely honest. Is he going to be the next Tyler Bray who's on the practice squad, off the practice squad? It seemed like every other week the Bears were like waving or whatever it was, and he was always back on the practice squad. But it would be intriguing to have another young guy there. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm ready to talk some cornerbacks or something. Okay, I just want to fly through the rest of the offense, though. Uh, oh, tight yes, end, Cole Komet, Ryan Griffin. I think there's somewhat of a surprise that James Sha- James Shaughnessy didn't stick. Um, I need to also make this clear to everybody because I don't understand why this has been so confusing. Jake Tonjes is a fullback. He has been repping at fullback <laughs> all at camp. When you look at the tight ends, um, in practice, he is not there. He's with the fullbacks. He's with the running backs. Okay, so the, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why this has been a thing. Um, maybe we just haven't done a good job of making this clear, but I want to make sure everyone knows. Now, that doesn't mean that that can't be um, a guy that fluctuates here and there, back and forth. But Jake Ton just did make this initial roster, and maybe that's a little surprising that they're going to keep two fullbacks, technically two tight ends, and sure, I guess, you know, you could make a shift one day and all of a sudden Tonja's working out with the tight ends or something like that. But I would keep an eye specifically in this area, tight end. This is a team that looks to be tight end heavy, running a lot of two tight end sets. For them to only have two tight ends right now, I actually think is one of the more surprising developments of these final cuts today on offense. That's a good point, Adam. And we were talking yesterday, Will, like we thought Darrington Evans was going to also be a part of that running back room. And now you have the two fullbacks and obviously uh, the three running backs or the running backs a part of it. But 
yeah, for a team that's probably going to run 21 personnel or just 12 personnel, just have heavier set guys on, on the offense, you have Cole Komet, you have Ryan Griffin, you hope those guys stay healthy, and then you have maybe the versatile Jake Tonges to, to come in and you know fill in when, need, when he needs to. I mean, he can be in the backfield. We know that as a fullback. And then if you're going with a three tight end set, you just add him as that third blocker up front. But mm-hmm. you know, it's still a position that you can add to and they should be looking at. And maybe they have a guy in mind, <laughs> Jesper Horstead. I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> what happened and to Horstead ha- today? Is he on the team? Um, I don't think so. You don't think he made it? I don't. I honestly, I don't know. I'm Bring him guessing. back. Well, that was a failed physical, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. The fact that he I'm pretty much. Up. I think he, I mean, it's not like I was following the Raiders on a daily basis in camp, but I, it seemed like he was healthy for them. So it was interesting. Um, all right. And then, so with the, uh, Tonjes thing, you're technically keeping five guys in the backfield, but three running backs, David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, Tristan Ebner, uh, who should be healthy enough, I guess. We, it was kind of some concern because he's been out and dealing with something for a while now. Um, but the fact that they kept Tristan Ebner and uh, let go of Darrington Evans is interesting. I wonder if Evans could make it back to the practice squad. I'd hope so. Maybe. I mean, and that's not a bad. That's like that would be one of the guys you would have towards the top of the practice squad as somebody who could, you know, come off come off there on a Saturday to play Sunday any given week um, if you really needed him to. Anyway, so that's the offense. And uh, any final thoughts before we switch to defense? Will, I know you want to go to the corners. Uh, I was just staring at it in our program. Uh, so that's why that was the one that I said. <laughs> we can talk about the entire defense. Don't you worry. But no, final thoughts on offense. Uh, like I said in the top, Nick and I were much more, we're closer uh, with those offensive projections over the defense. So this is where things get a little squirrely for us and maybe some more surprises. All right. Well, let's talk about corner because I still think this is somewhat of an area of concern. Um, and probably been the area that we've talked about the most and debated the most i think so let's go to the cornerbacks let's take a look at what ended up happening here because there's there's some surprises here to me um obviously jalen johnson kyler gordon make the team i think the fact that kindleville door and duke shelley are still being relied upon as much as they are is somewhat concerning uh, Lamar Jackson making this team, though, I think is a testament to what he's done. He's had some, uh, I'd say, mostly good plays, a couple learning things that happened, a couple bad plays in the preseason. But he was somebody who was making plays a lot in practice in training camp. And I think that that count, counted for something. Uh, Jalen Jones flying under the radar. I'm curious what you guys think about this, that he makes the team because that one was a surprise to me. And, of course, the cuts we talked about. Greg Stroman, I think, especially after he had that good game in Cleveland the other night, uh, that's a notable cut. And then Tavon Young goes to IR. Yeah, Jalen Jones is an interesting one. I felt like he had flashed earlier in, in, in training camp and even in that first preseason game. And then later it was more Greg Stroman. And that's why I was leaning towards, you know, maybe him getting that roster spot as opposed to Jalen Jones. But again, maybe that's a guy going back to the practices uh, collectively overall that that's why the bears decided to go with him there. Um, But for Vildor, Adam, I thought he had a pretty decent game against the Browns, just being in the right position, somebody that was trending in the right direction when he actually got healthy, because he was injured a little bit in the beginning of training camp. And that's where you saw like a guy like Jalen Jones or Lamar Jackson got a little bit more reps with that first team. So I thought he, he made it harder for the bears to, you know, wave him or, you know, just kind of cut ties with him. So I'm not too surprised by that. Again, they are going to lean on him this season though. And that's where we got to see if he has improved from, from last season. Cause that didn't work out too well, but yeah, Jalen Jones, I thought was a guy that flashed earlier and clearly it was just enough for the bears. Keep you guys were at camp more than me. Refresh my memory. Did Jalen Jones play more inside than out? He was, when the injuries happened, it was the outside. Mm. Okay. Uh, I'm just trying to figure they, out like, they were, they were mixing, fit. honestly, they were mixing guys in though. Like you, you would see 35 inside too. I, and I'll just be honest guys. Like I, I, I'm not sure I wrote down Jalen Jones once <laughs> for like, and sometimes that happens. Like you just, there's a lot it, going on. 
This is why this is why there was a lot more people in the front office of the Bears who watch these practices and get to watch the tape over and over and over again because it's hard to watch 90 guys, especially from our vantage point in the stands. Um, but he just he just wasn't somebody that I wrote down a lot. But on the flip side, he wasn't somebody I wrote down as having bad problems either because mm-hmm. that's usually what you do, right? You write down the notable plays, whether they're good or bad. And sometimes guys fly under the radar like straight down the middle, and that's an indication that they were relatively consistent throughout camp is, is one another way to look at that. So I have a feeling that's kind of what happened here. Jalen Jones is an interesting player. He was a, a, a six-year player at Ole Miss. So, you know, he was there for a long time. Also only had one interception over that entire time, though. So not a guy who got his hands on the ball. Uh, well, he did have 19 pass breakups, but only having that one interception is interesting. So I just... Of all the surprises, I think that's one that, that stands out to me, guys, and we'll have to see where where he figures into the uh, picture come game day. For sure. Obviously, yeah, see, uh... special teams versatility, or well, mm-hmm. that's what they're going to be looking for here. Same thing with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, to me, if he has to be on defense, I just still need to see better tackling out of him. Like He's in the position. Yeah. He's there, but like just lowering the shoulder and trying to drive into the guy every time is not working. You have to wrap up. That's the one note. On me, and I thought with this Bears staff being so, I guess, peculiar with having to play with those fundamentals and having those be, you know, carry some weight. Uh, that's why it's a surprise to me overall. But outside of that, yeah, not so much. I'll just uh, say this: Jr. Mayberry brings up a, a good point when it comes to like players that have been cut, waived, and obviously um, the team that they have now. It's like, I wonder how uh, he said, did they cut anyone because of loafs? Like looking, oh, is this a player that didn't consistently lower sure. his loafs throughout the preseason games or evaluating the practice film? I would think that's what this team heavily leaned on, looking yeah. at how much they've talked about it. So that's a really good point from uh, Jr. there about about the loafs and what it may do, what it may have done for some of the players that didn't make it. All right, quickly, let's talk about uh, safeties, and we'll uh, tell you about our sponsors and finish up with the rest of the defense, but. Um... I don't think there's too many surprises here on defense. Maybe a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, I was not totally sure if Elijah Hicks would make it. I know that he was somebody that they really liked getting out of the seventh round. They liked his energy, just thought that this would be a good fit for him uh, in the style of defense that they're going to be playing, being very relentless. Same thing on special teams where he'll probably have a an impact early on. But I didn't know... I thought there was a little bit of an easing, easing in period where you didn't see a lot of him early on making a lot of those plays, but I thought he came on stronger later in camp, so he ends up do- making it as the fifth safety. So Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker, DeAndre Houston-Carson, no surprises there. Dane Cruikshank, uh, who was one of the guys with more experience that they signed in the offseason with a lot of special teams ability, and Elijah Hicks. The headline here is that Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker, I think give you a ton of upside at safety. You feel good about them as starters. And then DHC, Dane Cruikshank, Elijah Hicks are going to be three of your playmakers on special teams, you hope. You do. You really hope so. And I I think, well, Cruikshank's and DHC have both proven they can do that in the past. I think Cruikshank Mm -hmm. has played like 70% of his snaps on special teams over his career. So that's not a concern for me. And Elijah Hicks, too. I know you talked about him being like eased in, like he did fall in the draft due to that foot injury that he had throughout the the draft process. So I can see them taking it easy for him, but luckily he was able to battle through it and get healthy. And here he is. I love the energy that he brings. You mentioned that Adam. And uh, yeah, this is, I think Nick and I both had the same five and here they are. Yeah. And Elijah Hicks was somebody, you know, two weeks ago, wasn't on my initial 53, but he showed some stuff in the preseason games of physicality and just how he plays the game, that position, and again, it makes sense why he's on here. Be a key contributor on special teams early on in his career, and we'll have to go and you know move forward from there with him. Uh, all right, let's. Well, let's hear from. Uh, let's see what you got. What do you guys got? You guys are on top of this year with with our our final ads of the show. Yeah, so I have to tell everybody about Owen, which stands for Only What You Need. This brand is a 100% plant based protein company that gives you high quality and carefully selected ingredients to keep you functioning throughout your entire workday, and especially after an intense workout. In these protein shakes, you get your vegan omega-3s, your green superfoods like broccoli, kale, and spinach, and all these amazing amazing ingredients reinforce what Owen stands for, only what you need. What's cool is that 
we at the Chicago uh, at CHGO first heard about Owen. I saw that in Will uh, from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who does follow a plant-based diet. Owen and CHGO have partnered up to give you an awesome offer. When you use the code CHGO20, you get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. Again, that is 20% off with the code CHGO20 at liveowen.com. So join us here at CHGO and Justin Fields and try Owen only what you need. I thought it was really cool this morning that we were able to get into our the CHGO, like the lounge, like our Discord server, and like tease out the shirt to those folks like a little bit more sooner than we launched this shirt here before the show. Kind of give them, you know, a little bit of a perk and a benefit from being a CHGO family member. Uh, that shirt's awesome, by the way. And that's just one of many perks that you can have from being a CHGO family member. Uh, you get discounts on the merch. That's like the one that we're showing here on the screen. Access to all of our premium written content on the website, including Adam's Hogue's Bears Things. Uh, each and every week. You can also get that in inbox, by the way, uh, if you wanted to go that route. And on top of that, we do these podcasts every day, post-game shows, and uh, it just goes a long way towards helping us uh, continue to cover the Bears. We are you know, an independent company. Uh, we do lean on our family members to help us continue what we're doing, and I think we're dedicated. Like I have a low-grade fever today, and I'm battling through here for this show because I care so much about you guys and honestly about this final roster to kind of power through here. Uh, so definitely head to allseedshow.com. Check out our membership again. It's cheaper than Netflix per month. I know they keep raising our prices, but if you're looking to support some local journalists and you love what we do, help us out by joining our family. All right. Uh, this is the flu game for Will DeWitt. So uh, I hope it's the flu. I'm hoping it's not COVID. Finish strong. <laughs> Finish strong. I need to do a COVID test right here on the show. So it is upstairs. I will be doing that tonight. Okay. All right. Maybe uh, it has a bad cough too. So we are very concerned. All right. Yeah, we are. Uh, you know, that seems to be what happens here in the houses yep. with kids. We've got that going on right now. Cool fortunately, yep. fortunately, I'm good right now. Cross our fingers. Um, all right. Let's let's fly through the final uh, spots on the defense here as we uh, let's let's go to the defensive line. Of course, Bears switching to a four three this year. And I think we got to kind of rewrap our brains around like how many players get kept at each position with that uh, happening. Uh, of course, there's more linebacker positions. So now you got six linebackers on this team. So in terms of the defensive uh, line, Robert Quinn, Justin Jones, Angelo Blackson, Travis Gibson, really no surprise there. Al-Kwani Muhammad, of course, Kyrus Tonga, who I thought had a really good, uh, I honestly, really surprised. I don't want to say surprised because you guys know I was high on him last year, but I just didn't know how he would take to this new defense. And his ability to one gap instead of two gap really impressed me early on in camp, and he kept that going. Uh, Dominique Robinson, of course, the exciting rookie who's had some flashes uh, throughout camp. And then Mike Pennell Jr., who really finished the preseason strong, has been in the league a little bit longer than some of these other guys, but um, he ends up making the team as well. And so with all that, it was Mario Edwards who was the guy who was uh, – I guess technically a surprise cut, but I don't think any of us were too surprised. The only thing I was surprised about is like, did they lose like like dead money from having to cut him? I know they don't have like much of an issue right now with cap space, but that was the one thing I saw like people saying like, oh, they can't afford to cut him. I didn't know that exactly one way or the other, but for not getting to see him throughout training camp, it just felt like he would be behind the eight ball and would take a while to ramp back up. And you have a Mike Pedal here who has been practicing and as you said, has gotten better and. Honestly, you can take it one step further. I think Mike Pennell, like the person, really helps this locker room because he has such a big personality. He's a lot of fun. Yes. I was, you know, he was interacting with the crowd too. So you like to have those guys around, and those that has value too in its own right. But uh, as a player and as a person, you know, I'm happy he's here. I didn't expect it, at least as of yesterday. But that was like one of those surprises, as you mentioned. Yeah, Mike Pennell, you guys, and I know you saw that energy, Will, when you were at training camp. But consistently, he was always going to the crowd and just kind of raise him up like, hey, cheer me on. We're about to go through these bags. We're about to hit the sled machine. He was always bringing that consistently mm -hmm. at training camp. But, you know, the play also spoke for itself too, not just the energy he was bringing in practice. So, again, he gets to stay there. We we thought maybe Trevin Coley would be a guy that would be in the mix if Mario Edwards wasn't there. He had a good game against the Browns. Obviously, that wasn't the case for um, him on the initial 53. But, yeah, Mario Edwards, just he was just absent to be completely honest, uh, towards the end here. And when it was 
announced that he wasn't going to come back, it wasn't a big surprise. So four defensive ends, four defensive tackles. I think the Bears will rotate those guys in. Honestly, I feel like all the players, all the defensive linemen are capable of playing week one. Dominique Robinson would be mm-hmm. the least experienced guy who might go through some growing pains. But honestly, all the other guys, Robert Quinn, Justin Jones, Angelo Blackson, Travis Gibson, Kyra, even like Gibson and Tonga, to me, they've done enough in the NFL already. To, to be able to trust them on game day. I don't know if every single player will be active, but I do think they're going to rotate a lot of D-line. So um, if they're going to play that hard with, with four down linemen, you got to be able to rotate them. So I think that uh, all these guys give you a chance, and, and Pennell's got some experience too. So a very um, interesting group that I would say is uh, still one of the strengths of your roster right now, this, this defensive line. I, I think you feel pretty good about that going into the season uh, in terms of the linebackers they end up keeping six I know some people thought like Caleb Johnson or Jack Sanborn maybe has to be between the two of them but they keep six a lot of that for special teams purposes I'm sure um, but your your starters Nicholas Morrow Roquan Smith Joe Thomas and then uh, the backups Jack Sanborn Matthew Adams and Caleb Johnson who uh Apparently is okay. That knee injury did not look good mm-hmm. in Seattle. Um, but apparently he's all right, and and uh, that's that's good for him because Caleb Johnson, I think, quickly came out last year. Somebody who you liked on special teams. Yeah, that was the group that I had uh, making the fifty-three. A lot of those back end guys, special teams, like I've been talking about, the same in Indianapolis when Ibraflus was there, carried um, the same amount of linebackers, but the back end of those guys key on special teams so i envision the same exact thing for the bears uh this season and then you got to have someone that plays that sam and looks like it's going to be matthew adams right now but still need guys that are capable of going in there if injuries do do happen yeah i guess for me it's not really a surprise i i just saw that demarcus gates showed enough to make this team uh, he could come back into practice squad and i've said it on a show before and i'll say it again like i have a soft spot for these guys that go through the journey like he did like uh, one of my previous neighbors badly uh, nick i think you remember the quarterback that uh was working here at iu for a couple of years uh but went back to kind of pursue his dream and he's went from like the my call football league he went to the xfl for a bit he now he was worked his way up to the usfl so i just love having like seeing these stories and obviously he's not making this final roster he could be part of that practice squad which still for him he's part of an nfl club which would still be a step up compared to what he's been able to kind of go through right now but yeah that's just the only i guess surprise but i kind of use that term loosely all right well speaking of iu nate sudfeld no not nate oh that's not the name i was gonna go with here um no i have a couple guys that i think you should keep an eye on okay in the next 24 out, not even 24 hours. The waiver wire starts basically now and goes to 11 a.m. tomorrow. So we could see some change tomorrow shows at noon, back at noon tomorrow, and we could see some more changes by then. But a couple names, one of them, IU. Caleb Jones up in Green Bay right now. The Packers fans are not very happy about the fact that Caleb Jones did not make the team. He's an offensive tackle. He's huge. He's 6'9" massive guy who actually for being that tall has somewhat of a shorter wingspan, which I think was the knock on him. So he went undrafted, but had a really good preseason for the Packers to the point that I, some people were, were surprised up there that he didn't make the team. So I have a, I, that's somebody I wonder gets claimed. Um, I'm sure the Packers are trying to get him to the practice squad and that's the risk they're taking by making that move. Any insight on Caleb Jones? Will? Yeah, I mean, he was a stud uh, for the Hoosiers over the past four years. I think he played like over 30 games. Uh, he was just someone that was always solid in the offensive line. And like you said, he's big uh, and he can just dominate and bully guys too. So that would be an interesting one. I didn't know he was uh, cut from Green Bay. Like he said, that does surprise me. And having him here, of course, uh, I've been Hoosier list ever since Jordan Howard. And so <laughs> I would love to have someone on this team. Uh, I know, Nick, you lost Daniels. Adam, you lucky son of a bitch. You got Jack Sanborn now. Oh, so yeah. Just, lock yeah, yeah. lock of the preseason, Jack Sanborn, <laughs> to make the team. But, no, I think that would be yeah. a really strong, solid pickup if the Bears have it. And, hey, stealing someone from Green Bay, even if they played well, like maybe they're trying to get them on the practice squad. If you can just swipe them, bring them over, and they'll screw you, like I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Just remember that anybody you pick up 
via waivers you have to put on the 53. So, but that is one of the areas where when we broke down the offensive line earlier, we were like, wait a minute, there's not, there's only one backup tackle right now. Yep. Yeah. Um, so unless they think like Jatire Carter can also play tackle or, um, I guess that's basically it. So, (laughs) um, yeah, so well, that's just a name to keep an eye on. The other one to me is a little bit bigger, and I tweeted about this earlier today, the second I saw it, and that's Tyler Johnson, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who um, is somebody who I saw up close and in personal when he was at Minnesota playing against Northwestern, and he's to me, he's a good player. And I was surprised that he lasted to the fifth round, even when he got drafted a couple years ago in 2020 by the Buccaneers. And okay, I get it. What's wrong with them if they're letting them go. But the Bucs are in a sort of different position. They have a lot of different playmakers. They have a, they have Tom Brady at quarterback who basically is like, I'm only thrown to the guys that I know and I trust. Um, so, but Johnson's made some plays. I mean, he has, he, he's made, he has a, I believe he caught a great touchdown in the playoffs last year. So this is, this is a dude who hasn't quite gotten the opportunity that I think he needs to really shine in the NFL. And what a better place to come to than the Chicago bears, where there's plenty of opportunity here to catch him passes from Justin Fields. So I wonder if this is one of those guys that you're actually say, okay, I'm with Caleb Jones, a little bit more risky to me. Hasn't played. You're going to bring him on your 53. Doesn't know the offense with Tyler Johnson. Same thing. Like you might not be able to play him right away. Cause he hasn't been with you in camp, but I would take the flyer on him. I, I would claim him. I, I think he's that good. Yeah. I remember I was like, Tyler Johnson, who is this guy? Who's this guy? Oh, 2019 played Iowa. Nine catches, 170 yards, and a touchdown. Iowa still won that game, but I'm like, that guy needs to go. He needs to go somewhere. He went to the NFL. But, yeah, that would be a guy if, you know, the Bears are looking to add to that wide receiver room, be, you know, more than happy for them, you know, to acquire him. All right. Yeah, I don't have any thoughts. I don't know him well enough to say anything. So I no, will only has he hasn't torched your down. team yet. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. hasn't torched your you're not your there, big team. There must team not yet. have been That's any why. Minnesota Indiana games that were causing you pain, like like uh, <laughs> Will and I were dealing with with our respective teams. You know, with IU, like I just know it's supposed to be a basketball school. So like when we had our good year in 2020, like that was awesome. But outside of that, like I, I just expect to win. A, you know, the non-conference game's great, but once we get to Big Ten play, like all right. <laughs> I'm I actually, I've, I've only been to one football game down there. I think it was 19 when Northwestern played Indiana and Indiana blew the doors off the cats. And, uh, it was a night game and, uh, I was impressed. It was a nice, I was, I was impressed. It was a good set. Granted it was a night game. So it was probably hyped up a little bit more crowd was there, but I, I, for my one time there to, for a football game, I was impressed with it. Yeah, I was there. I was at that game. That was a fun one. That's when I was eligible for a young alumni season ticket so I can get like a whole season for 90 bucks a seat, which was awesome. And even though the COVID year took it away, they like, oh, no, sorry, we, we're not going to give you that extra one. So uh, I don't get season tickets anymore. All right. Well, we got to roll. I uh, want to tell you one last time, though. Make sure you check out that our new T-shirt available now. It's sick. That's a good looking T-shirt. And uh, it's available now, so go to allchgo.com. The link is also right there in the YouTube description if you're watching on YouTube. And uh, if you're listening to the podcast, make sure you check it out at allchgo.com. My newsletter's out tomorrow morning. We'll have some thoughts, obviously, on the cuts and the initial 53-man roster and also some changes that we might see over the coming days. Also include a little bit more breakdown of Justin Fields' uh, final preseason performance since I haven't really had a chance to chime in on that much yet. Uh, so that's all in your newsletter tomorrow. What's up, Lawrence? Uh, just real quick, we did have a super chat I wanted to get to before we left. Okay. Um, and that was from MJ. He says, did you guys check out Kurt Warner's QB school on Justin Fields? And I don't know if that's something you want to talk about tomorrow. Yeah, let's save it for tomorrow. Literally about 20 minutes before the show started, I saw that pop up. I clicked save on it, and I'm planning on watching it tonight. Um, so I, But I, I have heard that that's a really good breakdown of what Justin Fields did against the Browns. So we'll do our homework tonight on that. We'll talk about it tomorrow. How's that sound? Sounds good. Uh, can we please get uh, the 1,000? Uh, let's see. There's 1,180 people watching. I only see 180 likes. That's 10%. Come Ooh. on. Come Smash on. Hit the like button right now. Thumb. You're here. It's no effort. 
Thank you. L- Thank you. Literally no effort to hit the like button. We appreciate all support. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Nicholas Moriano, at Will DeWitt. The L's are one at CHGO underscore sports underscore bears. Also have the t-shirts up for you there to take a nice look at. Click the yeah, link. Beautiful. And Go uh, for some it. guy in the chat said, does it come in green for me? No, it does not. <laughs> That's and, no, not cool. No. Okay. I, fair enough comment, though. I like it. All right, we're out of here. Show's at noon tomorrow. We'll talk more about Justin Fields then. See ya.